WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. It is a Tuesday. Good morning. Tuesday, April 18th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A cloudy day on the way. Cooler than it has been. The high going to be 57. Tonight, overnight, those clouds hang around low 44. And then tomorrow, sun and clouds, high 65. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it's 51 and cloudy out in Cedarhurst, Long Island, 55 in Atlantic City, and it's 50 and mostly clear here in Midtown. So today, April 18th, is officially tax day. Uh, It always comes the day after Patriots Day up in Boston, which was yesterday. Had this moment, and maybe you've had this before, too. While I was actually coincidentally in Boston over the weekend, I get this text from my wife, and she said, have you done our taxes yet? And somehow we've been just sort of crazy busy, probably no more crazy busy than you guys. But somehow neither I thought she was doing it. She thought I was doing it. Well, neither of us did it. And of course, trying to find somebody to do taxes last minute's almost impossible, especially two days before. So, you know, we're doing the right thing. We're paying paying what we owe and then we'll figure out the rest. But that's never happened. Usually we're early, but somehow each of us thought the other person was doing it. But of course, today's the day you got to pay. Or maybe if you're lucky, you're getting some money back. Um, back in the day when I was a street reporter, boy, I used to get this assignment a lot and it was kind of fun. Uh, they would send you to the post office where you would see people, uh, actually filling out their tax forms on those tiny little tables where you put stamps on letters and then trying to get it into the mailbox before midnight. There'd be a camera crews there watching people get their mail postmarked so they got it in by the deadline. Of course, all that's done because everything's done online uh, today. But hopefully, I hope you're getting a big uh, big refund today. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The Chinese were apparently running a secret police station in lower Manhattan. Republicans come to New York to talk crime. George Santos wants two more years. Yes, the rent is too damn high, and no, you can't afford to live here. And net superfan Mr. Whammy is scaring off opposing teams. All right, let's get into it at 5.03. This is a story coming to us overnight. It's not 100% clear, but we'll give you the details we know. Russian President Vladimir Putin visiting occupied parts of Ukraine. Uh, the picture is released about two hours ago, but we can't get any confirmation if this took place yesterday or took place two weeks ago. I imagine for security reasons, my guess is he was long out of Ukraine, so it might have been in the last 24 hours, but apparently Putin attending a military command meeting to hear reports from military commanders. Uh, Such trips by the Russian leader have been rare, especially since this war in Ukraine uh, began, but apparently surprise visit that took place Maybe this is according to the Kremlin, so we don't know for sure, but maybe taking place in the last 24 hours where he met with troops there in a war that we don't talk about as probably as much as we uh, should. And let's go down to uh, lower Manhattan, this wild story from yesterday, China. 
uh, opening apparently a secret police station right here in the city. Two people arrested by the FBI yesterday on allegations they helped operate this illegal police station for the government of China in lower Manhattan. The two, one from the Bronx, the other one from Manhattan, arrested at their homes in New York City yesterday. The feds laying out some of the charges against these two and the Chinese government. An entire floor of this building hosted an undeclared police station of the Chinese National Police. New York City is home to New York. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. Finest, the NYPD. We don't need or want a secret police station in our great city. Yeah, crazy story. So in addition to the New York complaint, two other complaints filed, one against 34 members of Beijing's Municipal Public Security Bureau, another against a group of 10 people that include eight Chinese government officials. The common thread in the complaints are that the suspects allegedly worked to intimidate, harass, and threaten wanted Chinese nationals who were living here inside the U.S. Shed further light on the extent of the PRC government's efforts to project its authoritarian worldview on the residents of this city and this country. A shameless scheme directed by the Chinese government's Ministry of Public Security, their National Police Service. Last November, the FBI said it was aware that China was operating a de facto police station in Manhattan outside of proper procedure or authority as part of this global network of such outposts. It followed a investigation last year uh, by a non-governmental organization that said, yeah, these Chinese uh, living in Chinatown elsewhere were being harassed. Now, the Chinese officials were looking for dissidents as well to go after. The Chinese Communist Party was attempting to censor politically sensitive topics that are unacceptable to the PRC government, including the Tiananmen Square massacre. The Chinese National Police appear to have been using the station to track a U.S. resident on U.S. soil. We are focused on the actions of the Chinese Communist Party and its officers, not the Chinese people or those of Chinese descent. Yes, yeah, so some people who said they met with some of these uh, police officers said they did so to sort of renew their Chinese driver's licenses. But uh, others say, no, they had been harassed by this police force for a long time, maybe afraid to go to the authorities here because of what might happen. But either way, this thing busted up, had been followed for a while. Two big arrests yesterday. They say more arrests are on the way. WABC News Time 508. Let's bring it back to New York. New York Congressman George Santos officially announcing yesterday that he wants two more years. Let's get the latest on that live now from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Yes, good morning, Noam. And that's right. Despite lies, public outcry from constituents and various investigations, Santos announced his reelection campaign Monday on his 100th day in office. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. It's a great day to be an American. It's a great day to be here a Republican. And it's a great day to announce re-election. 
that audio courtesy of the New York Post. His announcement came in a tweet saying, quote, This is about taking back our country and restoring greatness back to New York. This comes as bipartisan calls for Santos's re- resignation have only grown stronger. Clearly, his uh, motivation for uh, running again is not uh, to serve the community, it's to serve himself. So my reaction is that it's uh, completely disgusting. That's John, one of Santos's constituents, speaking to ABC7. Here's what his wife, Shelly, had to say. I think he's a psychopath, and uh, that's that's the reason he's doing it, between the, the money and the fame. Of course, one of Santos's most vocal critics has been Nassau County legislator Josh Lafazan, whom Santos recently mocked on Twitter by sharing a photo of Lafazan before he underwent life-saving surgery. Obviously, this is personal for me. George Santos, mind you, our member of Congress, decide to tweet a picture of me back when I was in my early 20s before I had corrective jaw surgery with Save My Life. Meanwhile, challengers like Republican Afghanistan war vet Kellen Curry are also speaking out and making their case to get rid of Santos. In so many ways, uh, people are being underserved by his presence in in the Congress, which is based off lies. Santos's announcement contradicts previous statements he had made indicating that he would not seek re-election. My guess is everybody wants to jump in on this race because they think he's ultimately easily beaten. This is assuming he gets past all these investigations and actually hangs on for two years. So there's already one person announced. Is there other people waiting in the wings to make their announcement too? Do we know? I I actually, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, at the moment it seems that Kellen Curry, at least on the Republican side, is the, is probably the biggest challenger so far. I'll get crazy. (laughs) Sort of the, the, the uh, crazy stories from Santos don't seem to end uh, announcing what, what did you say? A hundred days into office? Yeah. A hundred days in into office. I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I don't know. Low-hanging fruit for the challengers. That's what I think. All right. WABC's Alex Barnard. Thank you very much. Uh, yesterday, were you watching this? House Republicans are accusing Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg of, of lot, viol, allowing violent crime to run rampant in here in New York City. They held a House Judiciary Committee hearing in lower Manhattan yesterday to go after Bragg and to call on New Yorkers to say, hey, what's going on? This crime is bad. So Jim Jordan, the House Judiciary Chair leading this hearing, they heard from crime victims who said New York has not done enough to help them out or to help fellow New Yorkers. Brand larcenies were up 26% and auto theft increased 32%. Transit crime surged nearly 30%. Imagine that. You leave criminals on the street, you get more crime. Republicans accusing Bragg of embracing pro-crime and anti-victim policies. Bragg carried out the investigation, of course, that led to the recent indictment of former President Trump. And so Democrats were saying this was payback for that. In fact, the hearing taking place just a block away from where Trump was arrested two weeks ago today. He rushed to hold a hearing here in Manhattan in defense of Donald Trump. I understand that in the days leading up to this hearing, Republican members were instructed not to speak about Mr. Trump during these proceedings. Don't take the bait, they were warned. 
That's Jerry Nadler, congressman from New York, the Republican-led House Judiciary Committee, holding this hearing uh, as uh, New York officials held their own press conferences outside this hearing room. One of them was Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine, who says crime is not so bad in New York. At least that's his thought. The facts are that of the 100 top cities in America, New York City ranks 95th on violent crime per capita. You're not going to hear that in there. They are trying to create political theater to taint the jury pool. It is absolutely wrong. It is unauthorized, and it undercuts our democracy. Uh, That's Susan Lerner with the voting rights group Common Cause. We need to investigate why crime is out of control in New York and why they're going after a former president who allegedly uh, seems that he doesn't really have any crime. Yeah, so you heard from uh, uh, people who were subject to crime to people who want, of course, to get rid of the crime here in New York City. I don't know what these hearings will do, but it is interesting. On the same day that these hearings were taking place up in Albany, they've been fighting over the new budget. And there is word that it looks like they will give judges more room to sentence uh, criminals. Uh, they won't, uh, you know, tie their arms behind their backs like they have with this bail reform over the last couple of years. That part of this deal with the budget up in Albany will de- be to give these uh, judges more freedom to uh, go after and sentence these criminals so they're not repeat offenders, don't get back onto the street like they have in such a huge way over the last couple of years. We'll watch that, of course, what's taking place in Albany up there. And while we're talking about that House committee, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, he was here in the city yesterday as well, talking to bankers and brokers on Wall Street about the conversations over the debt ceiling increase. If Washington wants to spend more, It'll have to come together to find savings elsewhere, just like every single American household does every single day. Yeah, so he was speaking from the New York Stock Exchange yesterday. He says Republicans will vote on their plan to raise the debt limit in the coming weeks. Now, he has to get all the Republicans on board to get this through. Now, of course, even if he does, it would probably be dead on arrival in the Democratic-controlled Senate. So the two sides are going to have to eventually work together. But here was McCarthy making a pitch to the bankers and brokers on Wall Street. We will curve inflation, and we will protect Social Security and Medicare for the next generation. And America will be stronger for it. Our legislation accomplishes the same goal by returning the federal government to 2022 levels. And then limit the growth of spending over the next 10 years to 1% of annual. All right, so the Republicans and the Democrats have till the summer to figure out this debt ceiling conversation and debt ceiling bill. All right, 515 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Layden. We begin in Philadelphia where your Brooklyn Nets dropped game two of their first round playoff matchup with the 76ers by a score of 96 to 84. The Nets had success in shutting down MVP finalist Joel Embiid, but forgot about Tyre, uh, Tyrese Maxey who was there to pick up Embiid's slack for Philly, pouring into game high 33 points and leading the Sixers to the victory. Nets head coach Jacques Vaughn had this to say following the loss. At the end of the day, you know, last game where they had 19 more shots than us, and today is even, so I think that's progress from our group. Uh, We just got to do it for four quarters, Brian. We did it for two, my man. We're going to do it for four. And so that's a great challenge for this group, and they should be uh, extremely excited to go home, hear our crowd, and, and be able to get some games. 
Brooklyn gets it now to return home in a two to nothing series hole with game three scheduled for Thursday night at the Barclays Center. As for the Knickerbockers, they'll try and go a two games up on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight in game two of that series set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time in Cleveland. On the ice, the Islanders dropped a close one in Carolina, losing two to one to the Hurricanes in game one of their opening round playoff bout. Uh, Auntie Ranta got the start in net for Carolina and made the most of it, shutting down the Owls to the tune of 25 stops for the night and allowing just the one goal off the stick of New York's Ryan Pulock. Uh, before they get a chance to return home, the Islanders will need to bounce back in Game 2, which is set for tomorrow night in Rally. As for the Rangers and Devils, they're set to get uh, their head-to-head opening round series underway tonight in Newark. Puck drop scheduled for 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And out west in Los Angeles, the Mets stayed hot with their fourth straight victory in the way of an 8-6 series opening win over the Dodgers. Young phenom Brett Beatty made his season debut for New York, delivering an RBI single to do his part in a very well-rounded offensive showing out of New York. Lefty David Peterson also registered his first win on the year, despite the six earned runs he allowed. The Mets will go for five wins in a row, come tonight in L.A., handing the ball to Tyler McGill in the middle game of, that, of the series against Clayton Kershaw. The Yankees are back at it tonight as well, ready to welcome in the Angels for a three-game set starting tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That'll see Clark Schmidt take the hill for New York, going up against L.A.'s Jose Suarez. Here with Sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. 5.20. Uh, we got a lot more to get to before we roll out of here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Some historic floods in Florida. We'll check in and see what's going on there. Public schools in Greenwich had no bus service yesterday. Now we know why. And the New York City Council wants to put through some legislation that'll go after those lithium-ion batteries and the people who buy them that are starting so many fires. We'll get into those stories and more, but first, at 520, a check of Wall Street with Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Corporate earnings continued to carry stocks higher. The Dow Jones Industrials up 100 points yesterday, surging late in the session. Bank of America's quarterly update today. Fewer investments expected to affect revenue. Bank of America stock up more than 2% yesterday, still 9% this year. Meanwhile, bank earnings season off to its hottest start in a decade. Larger banks continue to impress. J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Charles Schwab all beating targets. Netflix reporting earnings today, cost-cutting measures expected to help the bottom line. Investors focus now on the outlook. Shareholder input has raised questions about content decisions at Netflix. The stock down 3% over the past week. Key housing updates today. Median forecast shows slight declines in both starts and building permits from February. Still, the housing market showing signs of stabilizing. Please join me several times each weekday, right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 522. Let's go out to New Jersey. Perth Amboy yesterday, the first day that Perth Amboy High School started using metal detectors, caused a pretty long backup of students and staff members. Some say it took an hour to get inside the building. There was just a big line, like a huge line for like Yeah, so it was all about, you'll remember, this was a couple months back that a 12-year-old, check that, it was an 11-year-old, stabbed a 12-year-old on the way home from school. But this brought up a lot of conversation that teachers say they had been confiscating weapons from students for months, maybe even longer, and that they demanded that the building be more secure. And then 
after that stabbing, parents made the same demands. So yesterday they started wanding people, making them go through metal detectors, and they're going to figure it out. But in the meantime, long lines, but teachers inside say they're happy to see this. I think it's a good thing. You know, I know it's going to be difficult, but you can't have kids with weapons in school. We knew that there were weapons in the school because the teachers were telling us. The teachers had found knives in the kids' book bags and stuff. Yeah. 523, the uh, mayor of Akron, Ohio, calling for peace after a grand jury decided not to bring charges against officers involved in the shooting death of Jalen Walker. Dan Horrigan asking for all demonstrators to be civil. He's the mayor. The there. city will work to keep everyone safe during any demonstration, and that means those protesting, bystanders, the traveling public, our police department, and beyond. So this is the shooting that happened last June uh, with eight officers, seven of them white, were involved in a shooting of an unarmed walker who is black. Protests erupted all over the nation after Walker's death last summer. Uh, classes yesterday at Akron Public Schools were canceled and police were put in on a heightened alert. No one wants outsiders coming to our city to capitalize on folks' trauma for their own agenda. As our community begins to process this next step, my prayers remain with the Walker family and all of Jalen's friends and our community at large. There will be many more conversation in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, in fact, the Walker family took to the cameras yesterday after the grand jury decision and said, no, we don't want people to go crazy. We want just peaceful protests. So that was them walking out of the courtroom. But they did say they they want the protests in Akron to remain peaceful. 524 down to Florida. Neighborhood still drying out after last week's historic rain flooded Fort Lauderdale. The nightmare, though, just beginning for some residents there as they try to figure out how to fix all that's wrong. They will come in like locusts. Yeah, uh, that's talking about these predatory contractors. They're already seeing them. We saw them here after Superstorm Sandy and some other big uh, tornadoes and other things. That This is happening in Florida, too. These people start going door to door and make all kinds of promises, ask for money up front, and then don't deliver on fixing what's wrong. You need to get a bill in hand because if you're not careful, that contractor will consume your entire policy value and you will have nothing to rebuild your house with. Maybe you saw the pictures, cars floating, you know, basements flooded. Uh, the state CFO, Jimmy Petronas there, says it doesn't appear there was enough damage for FEMA individual assistance. So uh, you're going to be on your own with your own home insurance. There's not a program in place that the state has to help. It's not the type of money to rebuild your house. But it's definitely the type of money to maybe put a roof over your head until, you know, things dry out and you find find a place to live. Yes, yeah, so you can apply, apparently, for Florida Disaster Fund help. I know lots of people who listen to me here in the tri-state area or online, for that matter, have second homes or uh, winter homes down in Florida. So this probably affects a lot of you. And while we're in Florida, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis confirming a report that he's stepping up his battle with Disney, Disney World. The governor not happy that Disney signed a 30-year development deal with its former Disney World oversight before before that board was dissolved. We are actually going to run a bill uh, during this legislative session uh, that is going to formally nullify uh, what Disney did uh, and make sure that uh, people understand that you don't get to put your own company over the will of the people of Florida. So New York Post reporting yesterday that DeSantis will propose a way for state lawmakers to void that deal, and that's what he told WFA. L.A. in Orlando yesterday, DeSantis said further action.
action against Disney will be announced by the State Control Board uh, tomorrow. This Disney issue was front and center in the election in Central Florida. I did better in Central Florida than any Republican has ever done in modern history. And uh, people knew the stakes. And so for them to try to do an end run around the people of Florida just shows how arrogant they are. We are also going to have our state control board meet on Wednesday, uh, and they're going to be unveiling initiatives uh, designed, uh, you know, to make sure that uh, Disney's held accountable. Yeah, so that battle between DeSantis and Disney continues. And in Washington, uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer going to move now to temporarily replace Senator Dianne Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee this week. Her absence has stalled confirmations of President Biden's judicial nominees. Schumer told reporters today he hopes Republicans will vote in favor of filling Feinstein's seat on the committee while the 89-year-old California Democrat recovers from shingles. He said he spoke with Feinstein and she said she expects to be back on Capitol Hill soon, although she didn't set a definitive date. Democrats need 60 votes to fill Feinstein's seat. I'm Lisa Taylor. We are just getting started on this Tuesday morning as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour and Sid and Friends in the morning. Yes, the rent is too damn high. And no, you can't afford to live here. We'll dive into a new study that tells us that. Net superfan Mr. Whammy apparently is really successful at scaring off fans and they're decommissioning the indian point energy center but there's lots of controversy about how it's being done we'll get into those stories and more but first this wabc news time is 5 30 the 77 wabc news hour talking the news with noah laden on 77 wabc talking the news with noah on 77 wabc this is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noam Layden. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Tuesday, April 18th. Your forecast now from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Cloudy day on the way, cooler than it has been. The high going to be just 57. Tonight, overnight, those clouds hang around low 44. Wednesday, sun and clouds high 65. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 51 and cloudy out in Cedarhurst, Long Island, 50. 55 in Atlantic City, and it's 50 and mostly clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour with uh, this new warning about the deadly opioid fentanyl. Uh, it is, of course, just streaming these drugs across our border. So many deaths related to fentanyl, and it only gets worse as it flows across the border from Mexico. Apparently now there is word that this is happening more and more often. Street gangs are mixing the fentanyl with an animal tranquilizer, which makes it just much more intense and much more deadly. The street name for it is Trank. It's been identified as a cutting agent, and now it's often mixed with fentanyl. Yeah, it's a way to save some money on the part of the drug dealer, Sally Sparks, there with the DEA. She says the new drug combo does major damage to the human body. They found addicts with rotting skin that can lead to amputation. Of course, it's also deadly. Uh, this emerging threat of Trank, as it's called on the street. Fentanyl is the deadliest drug threat we have ever seen in the U.S., and when it's mixed with xylazine, it's even deadlier. 
Yeah, so the abuse of this drug combo, trank and fentanyl, leads to just some serious stuff, including death. People who inject drug mixtures containing silazine can develop severe wounds, which is the rotten of the human tissue that may eventually lead to amputation. Yeah, we've had a tough time sort of stopping that from moving across the border. Let's bring it back home to the Tri-State Public Schools, Greenwich, Connecticut. Without buses yesterday, last second, text messages going out to parents 6 a.m. Their kids would not have a ride to school. And uh, it was all over a fellow driver who was told that she had to leave the job. Apparently, uh, this driver, her name is Nadia McCourt. Somebody had reported that they had seen her cross a double yellow line more than 15 times during the course of one day. And um, some drivers said, no, that doesn't sound like her. She's been on the job for too many years, so good at what she does. And so they said if they take her off the job, we're not showing up to work either. And that's what happened yesterday. Here's Nadia who says she's always been a safe driver. She thinks someone might be after her. I always watch in my review mirror to see what's behind me. Mm-hmm. And then if I have a long ride behind me, I change like a... I pass, like, uh, Mm -hmm. my senior pull over, let them pass. Yeah, so the union says this bus driver did not have a chance to defend herself. That's why they took the action yesterday. No word what's going to happen today. We haven't heard anything that whether they're going to drive those buses or whether they're going to stay home. Uh, But they did stay home yesterday for Nadia, who's been on the job for 20 years. The kids love me and the parents always give me a gift card at the end of the years, telling me I'm always coming back. Yeah, again, uh, checking to see if Greenwich buses will roll this morning. 535. Bring it back here into the city. City council members considering legislation to further combat fires that are caused by those lithium ion batteries. The, you know, second market ones, the ones that come with chargers that are cheaper. And that's what's starting all these fires. There's been 63 fires. I think the number is actually higher than that since just January. Uh, the lithium ion battery was the cause of a deadly house fire in Queens just this week. The fire last week, uh, losing a, a 19-year-old, I think a 7-year-old is it just, we're like failing, we're failing as policymakers if we're not protecting those folks. One of the bills introduced by City Councilman Keith Powers would require New York City to provide new batteries at a reduced rate or offset the cost through a trade-in program. The FDN, FDNY says so far this year, uh, they've responded to more than 63 battery-related fires, and five people have passed away. By comparison, six people died in all of last year due to battery fires, so clearly this is a deepening problem. Yeah, the problem is people want to save a little buck or two and go on to places like Amazon and find these second-rate batteries that, are, that just don't hold up when you plug them in. And uh, when they start the fires, they explode. And so firefighters, when they get to the scene, they say these houses, these homes, these apartments are completely completely engulfed because it happens so quickly. Unfortunately, it's an increasing trend. The We're seeing the number of fires uh, increase, and unfortunately, the number of deaths increase as well. By the way, a kudos to Uber, who has started a program uh, just over the last couple of days for bike delivery men who use these e-bikes. If you have a second-rate bike or a second-rate charger or a second-rate battery, they will let you trade it in for a new one and a f- one that works and won't start a fire, uh, either for no money or very little money. Uh, this legislation that the city council would ad- attempt to ensure lithium batteries are always new. What I've seen is that very rarely is the device being used with the original battery 
and the original charger. There's some some sort of change in there. Yeah, and that's the crux of the problem that the FDNY City Council is trying to stop. WABC News Time 539 here in the city. They're aiming to cut carbon emissions from food purchases by more than 30 percent over the next seven years. It's considered food-based emissions, which Mayor Adams says represents one of the city's largest emission sources. Food is the third biggest source of city's emissions right after builders and transportation. Yeah, he says one way to reduce emissions is ensuring access to plant-based food diet. The mayor challenging private companies and nonprofits to reduce their food-based emissions by 25% by 2030. It's part of Adams administration's climate plan, which is set to formally be released later this month. He says one way to reduce emissions is ensuring access to plant-based food diets. He's on one most of the time, by the way. I always say we have two mothers. One give birth to us, the other sustains us, and we have been destroying the one that sustains us. 540, let's go out to Long Island. A day in court for a man accused of fatally beating a man during an apparent case of road rage. Nassau County Police Lieutenant Stephen Fitzpatrick Patrick says 26-year-old Patrick Desten of Queens charged with DWI second-degree murder for allegedly stomping to death 54-year-old David McKenzie over the weekend. This was on Saturday. The subject caught up to the victim, David McKenzie. He pushed him to the ground and began to violently punch him and stomp and kick him in the head and, and, and face area. Yeah, the two in an accident Saturday, Forest Avenue and Baldwin. Authorities say Destin attacked McKenzie after the crash. Destin was not granted bail. 541 would stay out in Long Island. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman trying really hard to get more volunteer firefighters on their force. Their numbers have dwindled. This is true across the nation, by the way, but apparently especially true on Long Island, and they need to get those numbers up. Over the last number of years, it's a decline from a force, a department that had 10,000 firefighters to now only 6,000. So we're talking about a decrease of 40%. Yes, so Blakeman offering some incentives now, unveiling Nassau's Bravest, the county's new volunteer firefighter recruitment website. In addition, he signed legislation changing the qualifying time for property tax reductions for volunteer firefighters and ambulance workers from five years to two years. So uh, different incentives. If you go to the website there, uh, you can sign up and get training right away. They need you right away. 541, let's go out to the Hudson Valley. Hudson Valley officials demanding more transparency from the company in charge of decommissioning Indian Point Energy Center. Westchester County Executive George Latimer has banded with executives from Rockland, Ulster, Putnam, and Orange Counties to advocate for the safety and well-being of communities and the environment surrounding Indian Point. The health of the Hudson River is critical to every one of our counties and the people that live in these counties. That's what brings us here today together. Yeah, so Latimer says Holtec International, which is the company in charge of decommissioning uh, Indian Point, has agreed to temporarily pause its plan to dump toxic wastewater into the Hudson. However, the leaders want to know Holtec's plan for the wastewater moving forward, and they're urging the company to explore other means of disposing it. Here's Ulster County Executive Jen Metzger, who's calling for 
for a different solution. Discharging radioactive waste may be Holtec's preferred solution, but it is by no means the only solution. And I'm calling for secure storage of the contaminated water on the Indian Point site while safer disposal methods are evaluated. By the way, Holtec had argued up till now that dumping that wastewater into the Hudson was okay. But environmentalists pushing back and saying, no way, the Hudson's clean now. We don't want anything dumped into it. Here's the Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse. In the next couple weeks, you're going to see hundreds of people fishing here. Striped bass are starting to run up there just south of the Verrazano Bridge. People are catching them. People are eating them. I wouldn't want to eat anything that was exposed to water that was from Indian Point. Yeah, I'd be nervous about that, too. 543, let's bring it back into the city. This will not come as a shock to you. A new report shows that the percentage of income that many New Yorkers pay in rent may be higher than some might have first thought. It also shows that a sizable minority of city residents are spending half or more of their paycheck just on rent. The new report from StreetEasy.com shows that in New York City, where the median household income is $70,000 a year, residents' income has to be nearly twice that amount of the median, $134,000 a year, to live here. The typical asking rent in New York City was about $3,340 in March. Assuming that the household does not want to spend more than 30%, we can come up with the calculation. According to the city estimate, about 30% of New Yorkers are already spending half of their income just on rent. Yeah, financial experts, of course, have long recommended that people not spend more than 30% of their income on rent in order to have adequate funds for other necessities, you know, just as food and utilities. According to the city estimate, more than 30% of New Yorkers are spending at least 50% of their income on rent, just showing that the rent is too damn high. The average rent uh, here in Manhattan today is around 3300 for a studio or a one-bedroom, but interesting enough, you have to go across the Hudson to Jersey City to find rent that's actually higher. The average rent in Jersey City today is thirty-four or thirty-five hundred for that same apartment. So who knew Jersey City more expensive, at least today, than Manhattan is? Five forty-five. Let's head over to the seventy-seven WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Nome. We begin in Philadelphia, where your Brooklyn Nets dropped Game Two of their first-round playoff matchup with the 76ers by a score of ninety-six to eighty-four. The Nets had success in shutting down MVP finalist Joel Embiid, but forgot about Tyrese Maxey, who was there to pick up Embiid's slack for Philly, pouring in a game-high thirty-three points and leading the Sixers to the victory. Nets head coach Jacques Vaughn he had this to say following the At loss. The end of- game where they had 19 more shots than us and today is even so i think that's progress from our group uh we just got to do it for four quarters brian we did it for two my man we're gonna do it for four and so that's a great challenge for this group and they should be uh extremely excited to go home hear our crowd and, and be able to get some games brooklyn gets set now to return home in a two nothing series hole with game three scheduled for thursday night at the barclays center as for the knickerbockers they'll try and go two games up on the cleveland cavaliers tonight in game two of that series set for 7 30 p.m eastern time in cleveland on the ice the Islanders dropped a close one in Carolina, losing 2-1 to one to the Hurricanes in Game 1 of their opening round playoff bout. Auntie Ranta got the start in net for Carolina and made the most of it, shutting down the Isles to the tune of 25 stops for the night and allowing just the one goal off the stick of New York's Ryan Pulak before they get a chance to uh, b- yeah before they get a chance to return home here. The Islanders they'll need uh, to bounce back in Game 2, which is set for tomorrow night in a rally. As for the Rangers and Devils, they're set to get their head-to-head opening round series underway tonight in Newark. Puck drop scheduled for 7 p.m. Eastern time. 
And out west in Los Angeles, the Mets stayed hot with their fourth straight victory in the way of an 8-6 to series opening win over the Dodgers. Young phenom Brett Beatty made his season debut for New York, delivering an RBI single to do his part in a very well-rounded offensive showing out of New York. Lefty David Peterson also registered his first win on the year, despite the six earned runs he allowed. The Mets will go for five wins in a row come tonight in L.A., handing the ball to Tyler McGill in the middle game of this series against Clayton Kershaw. The Yankees are back at it tonight as well, ready to welcome in the Angels for a three-game set starting tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That'll see Clark Schmidt take the hill for New York, going up against L.A.'s Jose Suarez. Here with Sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Ellick. Let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the morning, one of them being in Lower Manhattan, where China opened a secret police station here in the city. Two people arrested by the FBI on allegations they helped operate this illegal police station for the government of China in Lower Manhattan. The two charged with conspiring to act as agents for the Chinese government. They were woke up at their homes yesterday, one in the Bronx, one in Manhattan. Uh, The feds laying out some of the charges against these two and others. An entire floor of this building hosted an undeclared police station of the Chinese National Police. New York City is home to New York's finest, the NYPD. We don't need or want a secret police station in our great city. In addition to the New York complaint, two other complaints were filed. One against 34 members of Beijing's Municipal Public Security Bureau. Another against a group of 10 people that includes eight Chinese government officials. The common thread in these complaints is that the suspects allegedly worked to intimidate, harass, and threaten wanted Chinese nationals who were living here in New York and across the nation. He said further light on the extent of the PRC government's efforts to project its authoritarian worldview on the residents of this city and this country. A shameless scheme directed by the Chinese government's Ministry of Public Security, their National Police Service. Last November, the FBI said it was aware that China was operating this de facto police station in Manhattan outside of proper procedure or authority and as part of this global network of such outposts. Uh, they followed it up with an investigation, and that's when these arrests came yesterday. The Chinese Communist Party was attempting to censor politically sensitive topics that are unacceptable to the PRC government, including the Tiananmen Square massacre. The Chinese National Police appear to have been using the station to track a U.S. resident on U.S. soil. We are focused on the actions of the Chinese Communist Party and its officers, not the Chinese people or those of Chinese descent. Now, some of the people who had interaction with this Chinese police department, which is even crazy that there was such a thing, said they did so to renew their driver's licenses in China. Sometimes people do that. They want to keep their connection to the home country. But uh, others likely, this is the thought, were intimidated by this force and afraid to go to the authorities here to report the Chinese police for fear of retaliation. They expect there'll be many more arrests in this case of this, uh, you know, illegal Chinese police station that was right down there in lower Manhattan. Uh, Long Island Congressman George Santo is officially announcing that he's running for another two years. He's only 100 days into his uh, new job that he just got. Uh, he sent out a tweet yesterday. Then he spoke it to the New York Post for a couple seconds about the announcement. 
Washington, D.C. It's a great day to be an American. It's a great day to be a Republican, and it's a great day to announce re-election. Yes, Santos currently faces multiple calls to resign from both sides of the aisle. Ongoing probe by the House Ethics Committee over fabrications about his background and business violations. Some constituents uh, say they don't want him for another two years. They don't even want him now. Clearly, his uh, motivation for uh, running again is not uh, to serve the community, it's to serve himself. So my reaction is that it's uh, completely disgusting. I think he's a psychopath and uh, that's that's the reason he's doing it between that, the money and the fame. And you can imagine uh, candidates on both sides of the aisles, they, uh, they smell this can't, they smell this race and they think they can win it uh, and so they want to get the nomination from their party. Everybody's jumping in. In so many ways, uh, people are being underserved by his presence in the, in the Congress, which is based off lies. Yeah, so some Republicans, some Democrats are ready to formally announce that they're ready to take him on, even though the race is still two years away. 553, Americans across the country experiencing significant delays when it comes to renewing their passports. Uh, officials in New Jersey calling on the Department of State to step up the meets and demands of these people who... Uh, say they're waiting sometimes three months to get a new passport. Lots of people, of course, wait to the last minute to look at their passport or have a last-minute emergency that forces them to travel abroad and they open up the passports, either it's expired or about to. My father was very ill last year. Got the phone call from my mom. I wanted to uh, take my kids uh, to see my dad, probably for the last time, especially my daughter, six years old. I have booked the trip already, made all accommodations, and realized that her passport was about to be expired. So he was lucky the State Department fast-tracked his passport. He was able to get back home. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez joining other elected officials to encourage their constituents to have patience when it comes to renewing their passports. A lot of this just sort of post-pandemic, so many people wanting to travel overseas or go back home to see family they haven't seen in a long time. Look at that page that has your picture on it, and at the very bottom, it'll tell you what your expiration date is. And if that expiration date is already expired, or if it's less than six months if you're traveling abroad, then you need to get a new passport yeah uh there are places here in the city where they'll do it same day you got to wait for hours on end but you can get it done we've had too many uh situations where people go to the airport and they they make it on the plane but they don't get in the country they're going to yeah so here's the issue uh even if you're six months uh, before your expiration date a lot of countries won't let you in and so you'll get through passport control on the U.S. side, but you'll get to the country that doesn't let you in with more than six months on the passport. They won't let you in. You have to come back home. It happens more often than you think. As of March 24th, routine passport processing times were between seven and nine weeks. So they've gotten it down just a little bit, but not just enough yet. 555, um, Kelly Ripa. And her husband, Mark Consuelos, joining live as her co-host. Mark and Kelly's the show. Uh, Ryan Seacrest left the show on Friday. Mark, of course, is married to Kelly. Yesterday was their first show. Interesting to see some of the reviews online of the first show. Lots of people said Mark seemed awfully nervous, even though he's co-hosted with his wife a hundred times before. Yeah, I'm feeling great. That was, that was fast. That was a fast hour of television. We work well together, and there's nobody I... I enjoy spending time with more than Mark, 
and I hope he feels the same way. I do. Can you imagine working with your wife every single day? Uh, No. Yeah. (laughs) No. You know, my wife will often text me throughout the program, and she'll be annoyed with something I said, or she'll, oh, your career is over. Almost every day she sends me that, you know. And I know her heart's in the right place. Wait, she, she says her career is over? about my future, but to say it's annoying would be like saying, oh, I don't know, uh, John Candy was a bit overweight. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gelman thinks it's going to work. You know, of course, Gelman, the longtime executive producer of, uh, he goes back to the Regis. And, he was uh, on with me a couple of weeks ago, Gelman. Yes, he was very good. So he says, he, you know, he has to say this, of course, but he thinks Kelly and Mark is going to work out just fine. People love the reality of seeing a real couple having discussions and seeing them interact. Uh, it, it runs deep into everyone's mindset of what a couple should should be, and so they love to watch. So I'm yeah. excited to see what goes on. See, I yeah. disagree because I think part of the beauty is when you have an attractive female host with a guy. Right. There's always the rumors. Hey, is she sleeping with Ryan? Is she sleeping with Strahan? Right. That's we- basically gone now. <laughs> right. You know, she's sleeping with Mark. <laughs> right. Right. It is a little crazy. I I couldn't, couldn't imagine working with my wife. That would. That oh, would wait, not right. Work out well, no. Oh, no. No. I can't imagine working with your wife either. I <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. Yeah.